All right, welcome everybody to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things San Francisco Supercross from what was a wild night of action in the mud. Before we welcome our guests, thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd like to thank Golf Racing, Fuels Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, Whole Shop Motorhomes, O'Neill, and of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, we've got back by popular demand, Whiskey Throttle Editor-at-Large, Jeff Beaver. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Life is good, man. Uh, I I sat out in San Francisco this weekend. Uh, the work uh, needed me up at the gold mines here in Nevada, but uh, I did watch uh, every minute of the racing live and uh, was coordinating with Nate. We had Nate on the ground out there. The poor guy uh, was soaked from head to toe. He actually fried his iPhone last night, uh, as he was going up to the podium, he pulled it out and it kind of kaput right in his hand. So Nate had to go get a new iPhone on the way home. So he's driving home from San Francisco right now to shoot our Supercross review with Ping and Bruce. But uh, yeah, it was gnarly, dude. I don't think anybody came out of there without some war wounds. I mean, just everybody from the riders to the to the teams to just track crews just looked like they went through World War Three. It was insane, you know. And I was sitting in my warm road hotel room just kind of going yeah it's all right i'm not too upset i missed this one <laughs> nate I, I think nate was dropping a couple f-bombs with my name on it because i wasn't there <laughs> he probably would have had uh, you on the press conference there too mate oh uh, yeah no, you know what he was uh i asked him if he was in there but his phone fried and he goes man i didn't have any questions he goes i was covered in mud didn't want to go in there and he knew that we'd be on the uh on the zoom part of it. So we just uh, went ahead and did that, but that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, you know, if we're not able to go, we're going to be at, I think pretty every, every round um, in one fashion or another, we got Jacob Fricker on our East coast feed. So he's uh, come on board and he runs a thing called the Atlanta motor crew. You guys should check him out. He's uh he does some really, really cool stuff. He's friends with uh, Shay Bentley and uh, he's got a huge collection of like old pro circuit, two stroke uh, memorabilia. And he runs a big um, motocross collector thing in the United States. I think there's 6,000 people in that group. They're all like rabid motocross collectors. That's how I met him. And he's rad and he puts on races out there and just does a bunch of cool stuff. So he, he's, he fits right in. He's real creative. And so he's going to be covering a lot of our East coast stuff. And then when I break from work, I'm going to go get the last four rounds with him and whatever ones he does. But, uh, yeah, we, we just been having a lot of fun, but that zoom call, I, I think it's rad because like last night I was laying in bed after the race and pink says, Hey, I need you to cover this. All right. Well, I hopped up and made myself presentable and hopped on there and uh, had some technical difficulties, man. That was nerve wracking. That's the first time I've ever done something like that, you know? And I'm like, okay, don't drop any F bombs. Don't say shit, you know, uh, uh, be professional, you know, like I had to pretend like I was at work in a conference with some big, big wood client or something, you know, and I couldn't quite be myself, but I think I laid out a pretty good question for Chase and, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was an interesting night, but what did you think of the, the whole race, man? Uh, let, let's start with the two fifties. What'd you think? Well, I guess starts were so important as we found out. And a lot of the guys, you listen to them talk and it was just wild. It was basically about survival out there. It was pretty savage, wasn't it, mate? So much going on. And a lot of dudes were saying it was probably the toughest mud race I've ever raced, especially some of the younger guys, those 250 guys, pretty inexperienced, probably never raced that at the highest level. 
And it was pretty interesting to see Jordan Smith obviously winning because he has experience. He's been around for a long time. But before we get started on the racing, mate, definitely feel sorry for the teams and all the crew there cleaning that up, packing all the bike up, cleaning it, all the gear, getting the rigs back to the shops or back to the next round. A thankless task, that one. Those guys will have a hell of a job on their hands. So respect to those guys. But yeah, to start with Smith, obviously put himself in a position to shine, didn't he? Claimed his first win since 2018. First time he's had the red plate since 2017. So... He mentioned he had the scoop tie going and he just managed it really superbly, didn't he, mate? His balance was good. He was up on the pegs and navigating those sections well at really great speed too. And like JT was saying, it was so important to get the speed to get the mud off that rear tyre. So he had his flow going, mate. I guess the experience held him in good stead. And I guess he'll be feeling the time is now for that title, won't he? Yeah, I mean, I still think it's between him and RJ and I think Levi's entered the chat, definitely. Uh He's he's got some good consistency. I think Max would be right there. Uh, that mechanical. I mean, that was heartbreaking. I was like, I mean, Max Max lives an hour from the city, uh, an hour east. Uh, you just hop on Interstate 80 and you're up uh, Sacramento, and that's where Max is from. So that that's Max's home race. He, I was like, dude, this dude's gonna podium his home race for PC. This guy's dialed, bro. And then that bike, the I don't know what happened. I imagine the clutch fried, but I was just like, shit. You know, that sucks, dude. And, uh, you know, his mechanics pit board may have been in two pieces on the side of the track. I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, thought. But, you know, his his uh, mechanic, his mechanics from up there. And, you know, so he, he, he wanted to do well. And that had to just be heartbreaking, you know, because he was riding so well. But um, only two laps it, in too, he was out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened. Uh I don't know if it was a clutch. I'm, you know, one would assume it's a clutch being in, in mud like that. But uh, um, I think Ricky said something on the pod or on the TV cast that he could hear him like kind of clutching and clutching and clutching to keep away from the guy who was behind him. And, you know, maybe that was it. I don't know. But, I mean, those pro circuit bikes are about as good as they get. So, yeah, if it's it, it just I think it was probably if it, you look at it, it was probably a fluke. But, um, yeah, him and then Shimoda, I don't know what the hell happened with Shimoda's bike. I mean, he just had a horrible night in the main. I mean, talk about highs and lows. The dude goes out and greases the heat race, you know, like, okay, Joe Shimoda's a mud rider, you know, and then, you know, they made a good thing on the TV show that, Hey, he did good at East Rutherford last, last year in the mud. So next time we have a mud race, he's got to enter the chat, right? You know, Shimoda can ride mud, but, uh, I mean, that had to have been heartbreaking for, you know, uh, Honda and them. That was probably the rough, roughest night Honda's had in a couple of years, you know. And uh, you're gonna get them, uh, but when you when you you don't know how to win if you don't know how to lose, right? So the next time they win, it'll be even that much sweeter. If you win everything, it kind of loses its luster. And uh, so this this will be good. Uh, this will be good fire for for Joe, I think. And you know he's got a great trainer in Nick Way. You know uh, Nick's. Nick's about as level and even keeled as they come and been around and done it all. So that, that was heartbreaking, but you know, one, one of the uh, neat things was seeing um, uh, what's his name? Ryder De Francesco. He got a heat win. That was cool. You know? So um, I, I didn't expect that from him in the mud, you know, B Bakersfield kid. Yeah. He's got to know how to ride in the mud. It rains up there a lot, but just, never kind of pegged him as a mud rider. Well, apparently can ride mud. I don't know really what happened in the main, but the main was so much different than the heats and uh, knocking down the rollers. I heard a lot of people kind of griping about knocking down the whoops. And it's like, dude, 
you would have had a bunch of bikes stuck in there. You probably would have got somebody hurt, you know, somebody, you know, put their foot in a rut and then run their own leg over. It just, it, at some point it's not worth it. So to the people out there bitching and moaning that the, the whoops were taken out at some point, you got to consider the guy's safety. And, and it did help with the raceability, you know, cause now, now it, then it, it still ended up squirrely as hell. It was just a bunch of rollers with ruts in it, but yeah, they, I, I didn't uh, balk it. The, I think uh, dirt works and the AMA, they made the right call on, on knocking those down. I think it was good, but the, the racing for the two fifties was fun as hell to watch, you know, just squirrely. I mean, just some of the best riders in the world and they're going straight. I'm going straight. Oh shit. I'm not going straight. And they're just off the track. Just no choice. Just gone. You know, it, and that's, that's the beauty of a mutter. You just never know what's going to happen. And, and poor RJ, man, uh, you know, uh, it's no story. Um, you know, Bruce is a huge fan. I, Bruce was up at the NGPC race in Delano, sitting in his motorhome watching the race, and I bet there was a loud, audible f bomb that came out of uh, out of his trailer when uh, RJ hit the ground. And uh, yeah, so that's not good. And uh, um, yeah, that just sucked. But he's only nine points down, right? So. Hmm. He, he's going to kill it. And then, you know, Levi showed that, Hey, he, he's a gamer, you know, he's, he's happy. And, uh, it'll be, it'll be, uh, a real interesting season, you know, can Jordan, uh, can Jordan maintain and, and get the consistency? Cause you know, since he was on TLD KTM, he'd have these flashes of brilliance and then, you know, he, he was kind of his own worst enemy. He kind of grenade himself. Right. And we haven't, and Levi's, you know, he's same way. He'd have a win and then, the next week just well where where the levi from last week and go so are these guys going to figure out their consistency well rj's out of all of them he's had the most heartache i think but he's probably best poised to be consistent you know and um and i i just i i think to me the 250 racing's the one i the one i'm most looking forward to watching is just there's no there's so many clear people who can win it right you know between rj and max and joe's capable you know does d francesco get it together you know there's and 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 there's just so many people and um uh, in, in the 450s there's uh, probably a few clear people and that's it you know so the 250s late last couple of years have been my favorite class to watch so uh, i'm just fired up man and i cannot wait for detroit i got my airplane ticket for that and it's game on yeah, it was so cool, mate. It was like with those 250 classes, just full of unpredictability. It's mayhem. You don't know who's going to win each week. Different guys on the podium all the time, different winners. And especially with those Lawrence brothers, like we were saying on the last podcast, vacating the 250 Supercross. It's just so much up for grabs. And yeah, you really feel for Shimoda having that horror night. Obviously, he went down early and then had the bike problems. And to get no points and to be almost 30 back in the championship standings, that's definitely not what he expected to start the season. Do you think it's too hard for him to come back now? or? Obviously, with the 250s racing less, is that just about championship done? Or do you think he can sort of eke a few good results out, get some wins and close the gap? It's going to be pretty hard, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if he went on an absolute tear the next seven rounds and was on the podium every round, yeah, there's still a, a distinct possibility because all it takes is a bad round or two for RJ or Levi or... um um, uh, Jordan and he's right back in the game, you know, and, th and that's the other crap shoot. You don't have as many opportunities in the two fifty. So, um, I, I don't think he's out of it yet. If he hasn't, if he has a bad round at San Diego, I think then, uh, you just try to go for race wins and, uh, 
uh, save some face, but those guys at Honda aren't dumb and Lars knows what he's doing. They're, they're going to figure out what that mechanical was and it'll never happen again. Uh, whatever that was, they'll, they'll fix it. I can't say never, but they'll do everything in their power to make sure that air quotes that never happens again. Right. I mean, they're, they're sharp as can be. So I don't know. Uh, one of the things uh, about that race, you know, um, uh, Bruce, uh, or I'm sorry, Brent uh, brought up a question to us before the uh, post-race was, um, and so I asked this in the post-race press conference of all three of the guys up there of Jordan and, and Levi and uh, Garrett was, you know, when you see Shimoda's bikes locked up on the track and then you see uh, Max is locked up on the track, are you so like just focused on the five feet in front of you and not eating shit in the mud that you even notice that those guys are locked up or do you see those guys and then go, ah, oh, shit, man. I mean, those guys bikes failed. Ah, you know, wh what do I do? And, you know, Garrett Marchbanks, he's, he's huge. You know, he's a lot lighter than he was, but that's a big old boy, dude. He's, he's taller than me. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a big kid. And you know, that, that's kudos to Yamaha. <laughs> that thing could stay together with uh, him on it, you know? Uh, but, you know, I asked him, you know, how bad you freak out. And they're like, you know, yeah, you kind of start noticing that Levi's like, man, I saw Max's bike on the side or in the track. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I better keep an eye on my bike because there's pretty much spot on identical except for some settings. Right. And um, so there's some mental challenges that come around when you see guys blow, you know, blow up their bikes, per se. Uh, it, it's it's mental chess, you know, so you're trying to keep it on two wheels and also you know, like uh, Jordan made a good point with the the cable clutch on that Yamaha. You know, you got to make sure you're not dragging the whole time. You know, uh, you'd be in you'd be in trouble real quick. So, how do you ride that kind of track as fast as you possibly can with the best riders in the world and worry about is my clutch adjusted right? You know, <laughs> I wouldn't care if that clutch was adjusted right. I'd be screaming in my helmet trying not to end up under the bleachers. Right, <laughs> it looked like an arena cross race. Uh, I don't know. It, it was it was it was rad and it was a good equalizer um it, it definitely opened up uh the doors to have some gnarly racing um some people are gonna have to do some extraordinary things to get a title now and let's we'll see if they can do it yeah absolutely the series is going to be awesome and i just wanted to touch back on kitchen how good was that ride he was absolutely flying obviously him and smith both on the podium from the opening two rounds and he had the fastest lap time. I was speaking to Paul Piercy on a stats podcast this morning. And yeah, Kitchen, absolutely flying. He almost got the win. I reckon if there was one more lap, he would have got there. And obviously growing up where he did near Washougal, he's pretty used to those wet, muddy conditions. So he's looking good. He looked so good. He, a lot of bike skill there, mate. A lot of determination. Obviously the talent's there. And yeah, obviously that bike, he's loving the Kawasaki. He's loving the program, the freedom. And one thing that probably, you know, wasn't really covered that much on the broadcast, he was probably outside the top 15 at the crash at the start and the speed and just the commitment in those conditions. Pretty impressive ride, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, I mean, hey, one, he's grown up at Washougal and it's wet there all winter. So the dude knows how to ride slick snot. Um, I don't think anybody goes out and practices in that shit, you know, <laughs> but there, there's... You know, guys who go out and ride in the woods, and I, I remember growing up as a kid getting in some stuff, so like, what the hell am I doing? And, you know, muddy crap, and you're digging your bike out more than you're riding it, but uh, nobody goes out and truly practices in those conditions. Uh, you know, they showed at Club uh, MX, uh, Mike and the boys made some mud conditions for those guys to ride, and they were riding in the rain, but it, it nothing like uh, – 
where the ruts, uh, you're waist deep in the ruts going over rollers. I mean, nobody's doing that to their facilities. So it's just a whole order of magnitude higher when you get to that level of, of crap. Um, but Levi, you know, he's tall. He's he's uh, tall, lanky legs. Uh, I think Max would have done real good had his bike not had an issue, you know, uh, real good technical skills, uh, long legs to kind of bat through there. Jordan's not the tallest guy in the world, so that was pretty impressive, you know, he, to be able to to dab around and uh, keep it on two wheels on that track was was pretty good for a guy who's not as tall in stature. You know, Garrett, you know, he he was winning. You know, he just stick his leg out like a ski pole, right? You know, so uh, you, you know, uh, one thing they talked about uh, that was pretty funny in the press conference was uh, one of the guys asked, you know, so you passed Phil right at the end and, and took away his podium. You know, how much shit are you going to catch for that? You know, and I would just love to be a fly on the wall at club tomorrow when they get into the locker room and start getting dressed and head out on the track. He's going to be talking more shit than a farmer. And uh, Garrett's going to pay for that win. There's going to be some steak dinners. Uh, uh, his helmet's going to get painted pink. Um, you know, uh, there's going to be Speedos hung in his locker in, the, in place of his uh, – his riding shorts, yeah, it's it's going to be game on. Phil's not going to let that one slide too easy. Uh, he's going to pay some hell for that uh, podium finish. Uh, can't wait to hear the inside scoops. I'm, that's the first thing I'm going to ask Garrett when I see him at San Diego. Is like, all right, so yeah, what would you have to pay the Piper this week? You know, so we'll get back to you next week on the the price that Garrett paid for that podium. Oh, mate, yeah, that was so cool to see those guys battling. So good for the team, obviously, after round one didn't go so well with Phil's bike. Not being able to race the main, that was just horrible for him after all that work in pre-season, all the preparation, just a freak little incident there. But Phil was pretty gutted to miss the podium. You know, I think with five minutes left, he was second, and then he was 18 seconds ahead of Garrett with two minutes to go. And then, obviously, Cole Thompson went down in front of Phil, and he just had nowhere to go. Like, obviously, in those conditions, you can't just manoeuvre it like you please. So, yeah, it was a great bounce back. I'd have ran that son of a bitch over. Yeah, yeah. I would just mow him down. Screw him, dude. If there's podium money, uh, dude, you're getting run over. If I can run you over, dude, for that kind of money, yeah, you're you're gonna have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Just that was probably the difference between the podium and not. And you know, Phil probably doesn't know when he'll get another chance for that. So, but I guess you probably know the Club MX guys really well. That's a great program, a great team. They're so dedicated, put the work in, like they all do, mate. But it's just really cool to see their success. Obviously, following on from Lopes last year, and they're ready to do some serious damage this year. Obviously, with Martin too, and Nicoletti and March banks flexing their muscle last weekend. You know, it's great times for the team, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, look at Garrett killer this, uh, these two rounds. I mean, damn, you know, where'd that come from? But he's healthy, right? He said in the press conference, I'm finally healthy, you know, and the kick and right. He's won the Daytona supercross in the two fifties. I mean, he, the kid's got skills and speed. Um, and I, I really hope he has stays really consistent this year. And uh, I'd love to see uh, them get a win. I text Mike last night from club and I was like, man, right on, bro. That, that was awesome, you know. And so we're going to try to get uh, Garrett on here real soon and uh, have a chat with him. Um, he's one, he's funnier than shit, you know. So uh, he, he runs a pretty loose program. He don't care. You know, he's going to have fun. And uh but there's something good going on there. I would like to think Phil and uh, Jeremy Martin are having a real good positive impact on the other guys on the team. Um, the one I'm really looking forward to in the East is uh, Jet Reynolds. You know, mm. he you look at him, he's he's slimmed down quite a bit. I um, I texted him today. He hasn't got back to me, but uh, um, I've talked to him quite a bit. And, you know, he's just like, hey, man, I, I gambled on myself. I only took a one-year contract and, 
And uh, I don't want to waste anybody's time. And when you're in that headspace, that means you're ready to party. You know, he's, he's got one and he's got a one and done mentality. It's his, it's his go time. He, he, he you know, so, and he said that place uh, to get back, I kind of segued off there, but it, it ties back into what kind of place club MX is. He was like, man, I, I have no excuse. I've got to get up. They've all got to get up and they walk to the track. They walk to the gym. You know, it's, it's all right there. There's no excuse not to kick the shit out of life and racing and, and all that stuff. So I think that's probably a damn good thing. And and the team guys are super cool. Um, real good influence. I don't think anybody's in there screaming at the dudes. Nothing that I've ever seen would lead me to believe that there's like a negative, uh, atmosphere over there. I think it's a real positive atmosphere and you're there and you have no excuse to not do your work. And, and when you do your work, you're going to get results. You know, you're like, look at Jeff Stanton. He always said I wasn't the most talented, but he was just, he worked his butt off. Right. If you work your butt off, you're going to get results. So I think with Garrett, I think on the East, we're going to see, uh, hopefully Martin has a good year and, uh, makes it more than a couple laps in Supercross, And, uh, uh, I really want to see him have a great year. Uh, a couple years ago, it wasn't the case, and that really sucked. But uh, yeah, Jet is, you know, Jet will be a good indicator of of how awesome that program is, right? You know, I think you're, he's going to surprise a bunch of people, and I think Garrett's going to continue to surprise a bunch of people. So yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty cool to see some other teams in there kicking butt. And and what about uh, who's that uh, kid on? Uh, let's talk about Barak Suzuki, that number one hundred. He was up oh, on, the, on in a pretty. What, what's his name, Bourdon? Yeah. yeah. How, do you, how do you pronounce it? Bourdon, yeah, the Frenchman. He's, he's a bit of a supercross king, obviously. Pretty cool to see him out there as well, wasn't it, mate? He was holding his own in there. And he had a fall as well. I think he was kickstarting the bike. And he had a bit of adversity. So to still finish where he did was super impressive, mate. So those French guys are no joke on supercross. And obviously races it all over world supercross, the French supercross series. So very talented, those guys, aren't they? They know their way around the tracks, even though that's probably something he wasn't expecting, mate. But good for the team. They put a lot of work and resources into it and try to give these promising talents a lot of the time some rides and even some experienced guys. And obviously your thoughts on that, right? But I also wanted to touch on Billy Leninovich, mate. Obviously, got the cool coverage on the TV. Had a nice interview with JT. Sadly, missed the main again, obviously, after A1. Not ideal conditions for him. We had that spill in the LCQ. Everyone was cheering for him to make it. And it was, you know, just cool. The world got to hear his story a little bit more, especially after you guys at Whiskey Throttle sort of shone the spotlight on him a lot at A1 and were doing some cool pre-event stuff with him. So just your thoughts on those guys would be awesome too. Yeah, I mean... um, uh, just to finish my things on bar X bar X, I think is getting better and better every year. And, uh, they've got some great young talent that, that kid, I, I, he wasn't on my radar. Now he's on my radar, you know, uh, obviously a great mud rider, um, Frenchman. Uh, I just thought that was cool to see some other teams than the, the big dogs up there getting some television coverage. Uh, uh, Preston Bosflug is going to be, um, out there. And I think that kid's going to surprise some people. He, uh, got a lot of training from buddy Anthony's and he he's training down at kevin windham's so there's a lot of cool things going on with these uh not quite factory teams and we're starting to see some of those results and so i think it's going to continue in the east so i'm super excited to see guys like jet and preston both you know there's just going to be some people that come up i mean look at enzo lopes you know uh now look at him he's on star you know uh um it, it, it's just cool that there there were some other kids getting opportunities. Now, Billy, man, 
that's Uncle Billy. That, that's what I start calling him. Uncle Billy's back, you know. Uncle Billy, forty year old, you know. Uncle Billy wanted to go racing. All right, man, we're we're going out. But uh, dude, I think he's quickly capturing the U.S. Supercross, you know, uh, fan bases. Just everybody loves Billy, dude. Uh, there's not anybody who's like, yeah, I go Billy, you know, and uh, nicest dude you'll ever meet. And uh, he even, you know, we caught uh, Nate caught him right as he came off the track. I mean, mud all in his face. All right, fresh off the track, Billy. What'd you think? And he goes. I ain't a mud rider. <laughs> you know, he was, I guarantee you, you know, he, he, he actually did the triple in his, uh, in his, uh, qualifying round, you know, I mean, the dude knows what he's doing, but, uh, I think when he just came down to it, he's, you know, probably he's a very smart man at 40 years old. Like, yeah, cool. I'm not going to kill myself to qualify and go do another man. You know, I mean, you don't gotta be the head cashier at Walmart to figure out that, uh, <laughs> That's just not the brightest idea. Just save yourself for San Diego. And I, I texted him this morning and uh, I told him, Hey, I'll be at San Diego with the boys, man. And he was all stoked out. So he's not bummed. You know, I, I think he's probably just happy. He's got all his fingers and toes and his bikes in one piece, you know? So old John at uh, motor medic, he's probably got a, um, a lot of work on his hands starting tomorrow to get that bike ready for San Diego. Cause I don't care how easy you're on your bike and that stuff. Those bikes are roached. They're just, you got to tear that thing down to the frame and go through the whole thing, dude. And just everything's worn out, you know? Yeah. Uh, massive respect Billy, to all those guys. Yeah. Billy's Billy's home. Billy lives in Ramona. So he's only a few minutes from that stadium. I mean, I want everybody over there in Australia and England and everybody just put out that good vibe. Billy's going to make the main at San Diego that, I mean, it, that dude, I will, I'll be hoarse on uh, Monday morning after San Diego, when Billy makes that main, we're, we're going to have to make it a shorter pod. Uh, we'll get your boy, uh, get finally link up with your, your other buddy so we can make this a, a true collab between England and, and, uh, Australia and America, you know, uh, I really want to, I really want to see him get in here so we can, I want to hear his thoughts on stuff too. So we'll get our schedules lined up, but it'll probably be good. Cause I won't have a voice after Billy <laughs> qualifies. I'm going to be screaming, dude. I'm just going to kind of nod a lot when he's talking to me, you know, and you know, but, uh, yeah, that that'll be great. Billy's Billy's just rad. Supercross needed it. Um, and it's just I just can't wait for him to etch his name in the record books for that too, as the oldest guy to ever qualify. And I think his birthday's coming up in February, do you believe it'd be forty one? So let's let's get one at forty one, you know. And it was funny. Somebody asked uh, at the press race, hey, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, didn't know who Billy was, or you know, whatever. What do you think about riding at forty? And Levi's like, I ain't riding at forty. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, uh. Jordan's all, oh, I got twelve years and a couple months, but <laughs> Levi's like, ain't happening. Or I, I think it was Levi. They, I couldn't mm. see uh, their face on there. It was a, a background picture, but it was either Levi or uh, um, Garrett that said it. But they just instantaneous. Eh, that ain't happening. I ain't doing it. You know. But you never know until you get there. You know. But uh, he's fortunate that he uh, had a lot of good years of no injuries and healthy and, uh, you know, lived a good, healthy lifestyle. And it allowed him to be able to train for since October and come back. So, I mean, it's, the whole thing's just impressive, dude. They had to make a movie on him, fine. you know, when this is all over, if he makes it, you know, they're a real super cross the movie, the Billy Leninovich story. That'd be pretty, I'd pay, I'd pay 12 bucks to go see that. 
Yeah, hopefully they have some cameras following this year for like a comeback, you know, movie. That'd be pretty awesome. And I totally agree with what you were saying on him. It's really cool that he's sort of capturing the imagination and probably motivating a lot of writers all over at all different age groups. So we just want to see him succeed. And yeah, you guys will be on hand to hopefully witness the moment where he gets that main event next weekend. going to be awesome. And I wanted to get a couple of your last thoughts on the 250 class. Obviously, the guys like Breeze, Mumford, Bourdon, Yoda, all different guys in the top 10. It's so cool to see those mud races throw up the results and let those guys get some, you know, career best finishes and some really remarkable achievements. So, you know, Mumford probably should have had the podium on another night, shouldn't he? Because he, I think he was, you know, on the podium spot with three minutes to go, went down and buried the bike. And obviously, it's all over the shop from there. And I think he was mentioning he sort of eased off the start. He let everyone go ahead and then sort of navigated through the carnage and just made up a heap of positions off the start. So that was cool to see him getting a good result and doing some positive things for that team. But yeah, and even Hunter Yoda definitely making some really good strides in recent times. And Varese has had a tough sort of couple of years with injuries, you feel, and he's trying a lot of things and different teams. And yeah, to do that, I guess it's a testament to all the hard work for a lot of these guys, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean... uh First, I got a, a bone to pick with Breeze. Uh, the bike snapping thing—that's Ping's. You, you you shouldn't have tried to take that thunder from Ping, man. Now everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, you're the guy who snapped your bike in half too." You know, no, I, I'm gonna start calling Ping 2.0. No, David Pingree snaps bikes in half and walks away, dude. Don't try to steal my boss's thunder, bro. We're gonna have a problem. But no, I'm glad he walked away. He's a super good kid. Uh, Nate, our filmer, and him go way back and. Um, he, you know, spent a lot of time around him and, uh, I've, I've got to interview him and just super nice kid. So I hope he stays healthy and gets back. I'm glad he didn't get weeded, but he was there last night. So he's just got to work on his consistency and get going. And, and, uh, Yoder, he's, you know, top 10. That's, that's rad, dude. You know, it's good for his team and him and, and, and Mumford, uh, I wouldn't want to have been in his pit after that race, dude. <laughs> he, oh boy. I bet, uh, it's a good thing that the pits are closed after the racing so you don't have a bunch of children around because it sounded like i was in there just angry at the world you know f-bombing this f-bombing that you know it's just you put all that effort into it and all that heart into it and and strategy that was smart you know it's like do i go for the one in 22 chance that i'm gonna get the whole shot or to let all these guys just go out there and grenade themselves and i'm just gonna kind of be the tortoise in there i'm gonna be the tortoise and i'm just gonna poke through so kudos to him for being super smart you know and he's a damn good racer but to to get all i'd be i'd rather go down on the start and finish last and something like that than to be so close and taste it and then eat shit with a couple laps oh that would piss me off god damn it i'd be mad i'd be talking so much shit you know I'd, I'd rather just man i sucked all night i had no chance in hell but it was fun and you know i i ran into this dude and that dude and I hit that guy because i don't like him you know screw that dude you know and just uh i went out there and raised hell but if, if you're like man i got a podium position and it's been a while since that dude's had a really great result and to have that off yeah i i guarantee is he he could not have been stoked but hey you live and learn and i i don't think we've heard the last of him this season you know i think uh you know vince knows how to ride a bike and he's riding with vince every day and uh and, and on that team and uh, Tony knows how to, to do things. So I, I have no doubt that we haven't heard the last of him and I would not be surprised if he ended up on the podium pretty soon. He's, he's a phenomenal rider. So all yeah, joking aside, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's going to do fine. 
Yeah, super skilled and super talented, like you said. Absolutely agree with all that. And on to the 450 class now. Obviously, Chase Sexton, absolute masterclass out front there. And obviously, considering all the off-season, the pre-season hype about his struggling, he's uncomfortable, which he did mention. And I guess he's thanked the team for all their effort and hard work. And he's got back on track, mate. Two podiums in the first two rounds, getting that win. And how good was that start? That was absolutely unbelievable. There's not many better starts in the world. Obviously, Prado would have been extremely proud of that one. So, even though he sort of almost went over the bars, hit that soft spot going into the first turn, but that was a great ride by him. He managed it so well, got the job done. Even though Tomac was giving him a little push at the end, sort of threatening to challenge there, and that was a great ride from him too, which I'm sure we'll touch on to reignite his season. So yeah, those guys are looking pretty ominous, and they've certainly got that gap closed back to Jet, haven't they? And even, you know, in the case of Sexton on top of the standings. Yeah, dude. I mean, so we'll talk about uh, Chase first. Uh, well, let's talk about that track first. There. Uh, where the, there was a hole out there on that start and i think it almost ate it almost ate uh chase and um jason anderson hit it did you see anderson go down on the start yeah i saw he fell too yeah i guarantee you his nuts are somewhere up around his heart right now they got slammed that far in there i, I i'm glad he had a child because i don't know if he's going to be able to have children after that his boys everybody stand and salute jason and his boys because i think it's man down syndrome right now he's, he's probably uh sitting on a pack of ice at home right now rethinking life that that was so brutal um i was talking to nate right before we got on and i go dude did you see uh jason's wreck and he goes no i knew he went down i was on the other side of the track and i go well the berries took a beating dude uh he went right into the bars and and over he, he dude that that was brutal but it looked like they all hit the same hole and it was probably a bike that just got stuck on the start and they yanked it out <laughs> there's just a huge gaping hole there and then full of water and you know so chase i mean i think mookie dude, went so into the rack of anderson too didn't he oh yeah uh mookie you know those guys uh, there's a there's there the the universe wants those two to party hopefully they just get along and start winning but those two dudes cannot uh, avoid each other. You know, they're going to be like, they're going to be like Bubba and Reed after they retire, they're going to be best friends. They're going to sit around and, and go fishing or something, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just like, Jesus, those two came together and they, they didn't even mean to, you know, it's just like, damn it. You know, what, what is going on over there? I'd like to figure, I'll figure out uh, uh, my, my wife's train of thought before I figure out what's going on there. But uh, uh yeah, dude, it was so rad that the TV cut to Chase and it, dude, I was so mad at Anaheim. I didn't, I, you know, I was, I, I was behind him and saw that and we got that on film and started Anaheim. And I was like, man, if we would have been filming, cause he did that, you know, the pump in the fist. And I was like, whoa, dude, what the hell, man? Dude, that's crazy. That's pretty intense. I like it. You know, I like it when people get aggro and, and I didn't get it on film at Anaheim and then they caught it on TV and doing it. And then dude, that start was just adios and i like how he's like dude it's just dumb luck he's i thought i saw a flinch and i pinned it dude and it just the stars aligned and he was gone dude and uh and then he almost went over the bars and i was like oh and then, yeah i the whole this whole start was a shit show i was bummed at ap ap was right next to him and you know if you look at the start he just he got blasting kind of all right man i'm gonna go back but he still ended up uh a fifth he still ended up mm. fifth so um, you know, but he, you know, he, he, it didn't work out like we wanted it to. We all wanted. I think to he had no goggles coming. since the second lap, so that's impressive. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, he had he had uh, Dale uh, wiping his eyeballs for him, man. He, 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 he old Earnhardt was uh, doing miracles for him, but um, to come up through fifth through that crap, oh god! I mean, the, but anyway, we're getting off thing about Chase, but for him to hold it together through all that, 
I, I, I would love for those guys to be able to get mic'd up during a race. Dude, that would be gold just to hear what they say. And, you know, you can bleep an F bomb, you know, uh, it, it would, dude, it, it would be just, everybody would tune into it. Right. You know, like Feld's missing a golden opportunity right there to do that, you know, but you know, getting the teams on board, but if it could ever happen, it would just be internet gold. But, uh, I asked him during the post race, you know, you lap jet and when you're lapping in, they smacked into each other, you know, jet had just crashed. He gets back up and they, they bam, they smack him. Chase went around him on the right side and it was only like a foot or so. And he would have gone off that thing and he would have yard sailed and crashed and handed the win to Tomac. Cause if he went off that track, Tomac would have won that race. Right. So I asked him, I said, Hey man, first, did you know that was him? You were lapping. And then when you hit him, did your heart rate like spike through the roof? Cause it's like, this is the last lap holy shit i'm 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 running into how one i'm lapping jet the that yeah i know that wasn't in their uh thought process uh nobody saw that coming the pope didn't see that coming and uh you know and he was like dude he goes yeah it's just he goes i hit him and he goes i just was focused on you know i've gotten a lot better at, at dealing with when i when i have an issue on the bike during a race you know i i i just process it and get along and move on you know is kind of summarize what he what he said that you know just i take it and process it and right back on to doing what i was doing instead of letting it get in his head so that shows a lot of mental maturity on his part and his confidence has got to be through the roof right now to 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 go through that bullshit and come out on top so i was stoked for him because i like him i think he's a cool dude um he's uh um a great racer i think he's a nice guy he's always polite as hell when you go talk to him he's never like johnny cool guy i, I can't stand johnny cool guys at the track i just like yeah you're great on a bike dude cool but you know you, you you should be nice to everybody you know we're nice to you right but he he's he's super cool so um that was rad to see him go and then tomac yeah <laughs> the shark was uh in the waters last night dude uh he, he was when uh chase had that little bobble around that uh where that 180 was you know and they're like oh how close is uh tomac you know he was just like go 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 but that was great to see him get back up there and uh get on the podium you know and uh now now it's go time you know but uh, i think jason uh thomas was saying that on the broadcaster i think it was him uh that was talking with ricky about how uh there was a different eli tomac coming uh that uh jeremy coker said there's a different email that he was pissed off last weekend uh after last weekend there was a different tomac coming to the race and a weak tone, you know, a Tomac that was having issues would not have been on that podium. So I think he answered a lot of questions for people. So it's San Diego. The weather's supposed to be dry. What, what's up uh, with Eli? Does he come out and just grab Jetson and Chase and go, no, no, Junior, uh, smack them both on the butt and uh, toss them off to the side? And does he get a dub? Or do those guys say, no, Pops, uh, uh, it's our time now. Yeah, you, you need to go out to the pasture. So this is pretty cool, man. There's a, so many rad storylines right now, you know. Oh, 100% well said. It's just 
you know, it flows on and it just keeps building, mate. There's something different every week to sort of throw a spanner in the works and the competition's so high and the field's stacked and not so many injuries too, which is really great so far. You know, you see some of those guys getting such good results. It's so impressive. And obviously to fill out the podium, we had Ken Roxon, really great bike skill, carrying the momentum. And he mentioned the line choices. He found some really tidy ones and it just underlined his adaptability again, didn't it? To, you know, get on the podium. Obviously he rode extremely well at A1, just the main event. He had that adversity at the start, but you know, he does it all, doesn't he, mate? motocross nations ama indoors outdoors smx world supercross it doesn't matter what it is kenny's still a star phenomenal skills he's just leaning on his experience and technique and he mentioned on that press conference you're in about the shock and fork setting he found before a1 so the comforts there he's happy with that suzuki and it was really cool that he took a minute and just shone the spotlight on shane mcelrath two suzuki's in the top four they're absolutely amazing the team are doing an amazing job and you know shane's had a pretty tough few years hasn't he to get that success that awesome result. It's so cool to see. Would have even been good to see him on the podium. If we had McElrath and Nicoletti, it would have been sort of a perfect night, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, McElrath with that bald head, he could have just grabbed a rag and just squeegeed it off and looked <laughs> like he wasn't even in the race, man. He'd been like, tea sparkling. But uh, that dude, Shane McElrath, he's, I hope you get to meet him sometime. If, if uh, Yeah, I've done if, a like, podcast with him last year. Super great bloke. Yeah, meet him in person. Just the nicest guy, dude. Uh, You you would never want anything bad to happen to that guy. He's just he's solid. He's just super polite guy. So I was pumped on him. But yeah, Kenny. um, You know, I said that last last week when we talked that he looked just way more comfortable. I mean, not that he was uncomfortable last week, but you could tell he just that bike's just another year older, and they just got it that more dialed, and he just. Dude, he was killing it at that. He killed it in that first heat race in Anaheim. And I would have loved to seen if he wouldn't have uh, crashed in the main, you know, to what he would have done because he's, he's a gamer. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that he's, he's uh, a threat to win every round uh, this year. It's not like last year where he kind of came in and, Hey, he might get a win. I think he's a legit threat to get a win at every, at any given time. And uh, so it was cool to see him get back in there and it, um, as a racer, you know, he's, he has really proven himself to just be kind of able to adapt and do it all and his technical skills. So it's kind of cool to see as him get older. He's almost, he's kind of like Tomac as he's getting older. He's actually getting better, you know, as far as his way of handling things. And, you know, one of the things I was going to ask, uh, you know, is kind of how much, how much of a mentor he is. I wanted to ask him how much of a mentor he is to, to Shane and, and Shiz. And I think uh, Shane's riding with him during the week. And, you know, uh, at some point you got to uh, pass on your knowledge. Right. So there's probably some of that going on. Um, so that's pretty cool. Cause there's only so many Tomax and Roxons in the world. And, and, uh, and Jeremy McGrath's and Ricky Carmichael's and David Bailey's and Rick Johnson's, you know? And so if you get a chance to go ride with those guys, you better be a sponger. You're one dumb son of a bitch if you don't, you know? So yeah, I, I, that, that was cool for Kenny. You know, I, I hope he has it. I want him to get a couple more wins, you know, through his career. I hope he has more. The, my, my, my thing is when a guy's at that point in his career, I want him to, uh, when he does set sail that he can walk and, and uh, he's not completely broke off, you know, uh, you know, look at what his arm injuries go. He's got those, he's got his little boy, you know, just go ride with your kid and go wake surfing and mountain biking and surfing and all that stuff. And I just, 
I hope that he has a good rest of his career and gets some more wins. Yeah, hell, maybe even win a championship. You never know. It's, nothing's out of the the picture. And uh, I, I would think we probably got another couple of years with him. And then guys like him and Tomac and Justin Barsha, those guys are going to be gone. So, you know, you only have so much time. So, yeah, I think a lot of people should be picking his brain every chance they get to ride with him. And, you know, what did you do at this point in your career and what would you have done different would be the questions I'm asking him, you know, not necessarily how you ride the bike, but how do you deal with this situation in your career so that you can, can what would you have done different kind of stuff, you know? So the guy's, the guy's uh, a legend, I mean, and so it, it was cool to see him get on the podium and I, I'm really – happy for the guy as a racer to see where he's at that's excellent insight very well said there and definitely got to enjoy him in these sort of twilight stages of his career because he's just such a uniquely talented rider the stuff he does on a bike's mind-blowing even to the other riders that are at such an elite level and yeah his knowledge and experience to pass on even if whatever he decides to do after his career i'm sure there's a spot for him whatever he wants to do because yeah he's kind of one of those heavy hitters like jet lawrence that sort of transcends the sport and he's just everyone when kenny's around it's just good for motocross and supercross because he's just the man isn't he and you know, it's been really good to see. Obviously, he hasn't had so many big crashes lately, and he's a really safe, measured, calculated rider, despite the fact that he's just those sprint laps is just so crazy, the speed. So, yeah, the control and, and everything to do with Kenny's so impressive, mate. But obviously, we touched on AP earlier. Really solid. If we were betting men, mate, we probably would have had the money down on AP for the win after the heat race and the qualifying. The speed, he was a favourite heading in. The cards just didn't fall in his favour off the start. And then, like we mentioned, with the goggle situation, yeah, he'd be struggling now. Probably even still, he'd be wiping it out. But yeah, gave it all. A little bit frustrated. But I suppose big picture, he's still right in the title fight, isn't he? He's only, you know, he's fourth and he's only 10 points off. So overall, I guess you can be pretty satisfied for AP, even though he would have been kicking himself. The things didn't go his way for that win. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this is the best uh, start to a season he's ever had in the 450s. And uh, what at Daytona, he, he screwed up his heel and... That, then he had a couple of rough years, so this is just great. If I take top fives all day, and this in this sport is turning into, if you get a top ten, you're dialed. You know, I, I think this sport is really heading towards the model of F1, where you're going to have twenty or twenty two factory guys. That's it, and and it's going to go into that, and then you're going to have like a Formula Two uh, series, which will be the two fifties, and then you'll have a formula three which would be like arena cross something like that i think that's i think that's the way the sport's gonna go you know at ap uh so i almost think if you think about how all these people talk shit on the internet if he would have won last night it, it would have oh what was a mud race he can't run, win a regular you know there'd be all those haters talking shit right and uh so kind of glad in a little way there's a little silver lining to every situation and we're just going to save that dub for a, a, a nice dry night in a stadium where he just waxes everybody. The mullet's just going to be flying. Do it for Dale's going to be flying. He's going to see the air like Dale did. It's going to just be freaking epic. And the, everything's going to be right in the world that night, you know. So we just have to wait a little longer for old AP. But, you know, at the end of the day, that dude's the people's champ. He wins every round. He's the people's champ. Nobody likes Dean Wilson. He's He's right there with them, but no, nobody's more the people's champ than AP, you know, just smiling from ear to ear the whole time and just nice to everybody. I mean, just, yeah, he'll, he'll do it, you know, so silver lining is uh, we'll just get it when it's dry.
Yeah, he's so refreshing, that sort of a figure in the sport, isn't he, mate? He's got time for everyone. He loves having a laugh and a joke, and he doesn't take anything too seriously. So, yeah, he really resonates with the fans, and it's little wonder that, you know, he bees himself and the fans love him for that. So we definitely, everyone's wishing him the success, and fingers crossed it comes this season as well. And as we sort of, the time's flying here, but as we sort of rack down the class, obviously the two European riders winning the heat races, first ones as well, obviously for Anders' first 450 heat win. Obviously, main event was pretty brutal for him. He's had those crashes, but still managed to pick it up and achieve a really solid result there. And Prado, obviously, we spoke on him. You were there seeing him in person for his debut, which was incredible sort of achievement he had a good night an even better night here even though he's not the biggest fan of the mud but yeah just the balance the skill the coordination the line selection pretty happy seventh in the main and a heat race win very good night's work wasn't it so after he sort of admitted a1 he really did struggle with the night racing so yeah one more left for him before he heads back to europe to prepare for the mxgp season so your take on those guys mate very impressive weren't they well yeah and i'm super stoked that through this whole process that Got to sit there with him when Ping interviewed him and, and talked to him for a while um, at the KTM team launch. He was there that night and then to be there through Anaheim one and see all that and uh, his first Supercross. And then, you know, a part of me was super glad I wasn't at San Francisco last night because of all the mud and the water and everything. But that would have been rad to be down on the track when he came off with his heat, he, his first heat race win. I mean, the dude's just cool, dude. You know, he's just a nice guy and he's just cool, man. So, uh, good on him. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I think that heat race win probably all but guaranteed at some point in the future that he's going to come race Supercross. You know, he got a taste of, uh, being on the jumbo Tron and being Ricky Carmichael and Jeremy McGrath, um, not to downplay uh, MXGP World Championship because a lot of people over here we look at it and go, dude, those guys are so gnarly. They're the, you know, they're rock stars too, right? But those guys, you know, he just loves Supercross, and uh, you could just see he looked like a little kid up there uh, that he was on the podium. You know, he went back to being nine years old, getting his first race win or something. You know, you could just see it in his eyes, and uh, so that was sick. Uh, I was I was pretty pretty happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. It was very cool to see. And yeah, it just would have boosted his confidence and probably, yeah, cemented his idea that he's pretty keen to come full time next year. And yeah, the Supercross will be great to have him in the MXGP. will probably be sad to see him depart, but overall great for the sport as a whole. Works well for everybody just to have the spotlight on it and the guy that's, yeah, just really international star. So we look forward to, you know, seeing what he does. That last race, he'll probably be happy to get a dry one back to a bit of normality. Like most of them, you know, you look at the guys AC, that was pretty cool to get an eighth. Obviously, A1 didn't go as planned, but he was mentioning how it's just such a mental challenge, keeping focused and being dialed in. And you always had to be on the pulse. You couldn't take your step away for a second or you'd have an incident or a crash. And like Chase said to you in the press, the heart rates weren't necessarily so hard, but the physical side of it really came into play as well in a different way with just managing those heavy bikes caked in mud. So it was a very different challenge. And I guess a lot of those guys had to adapt to it. And AC, respect for getting eight there, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, I think you just touched on something. It wasn't exactly the heart rate. It was more the, the, the strength. And you think of probably the three fittest dudes in Supercross right now is Sexton, Tomac and, and Ken Roxon, you know, uh, they could probably all go win a triathlon, right? They're just world-class athletes, you know? And, uh, so that, that was cool. But, uh, to, to see Ferrandez get a win, that was rad. And, um, uh, uh, I know Ziggy was smiling from ear to ear. Um, uh, that factory connection suspension uh, was doing good at Anaheim and doing good in the mud. And 
Dylan's uh, definitely building some confidence. I guarantee it. Uh, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see when he can actually show us that he can ride that bike like he rode his 250. But uh, it'll 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 be rad to see that guy get a win because I, I I think if he gets a win this year, then he's going to stay around a while longer, right? And he's got no better person in the world than Ziggy and the Phoenix team uh, to get him what he needs. I mean, look how big that team's stepped up this year, you know. So if he gets a dub, I think we get him a couple, two, three, maybe four more years, you know. Uh, the guys are riding a lot longer. So guy like him in the sport uh, is great because uh, you never know what he's going to do. And uh, when he's on, it's, it's amazing to watch. Uh, like 2020 season when uh, – he was on star on in supercross it was just like dude that guy is so freaking fast he's just wicked you know and and it'd be nice to throw somebody else in there the mix to to disrupt jet which we haven't got to yet so i'm gonna take the lead here on this what did you think happened with jetson last night yeah listen to him after the race obviously I think he was just happy to get some points, make it through. Not really his favourite kind of racetrack. He even said East Rutherford last year, which was that Savage Mudder as well, was better. Just He said that track was shocking, you know. At least he could do some jumps and stuff at the other one, but he really struggled to sort of let his skills be the difference maker on that one. And, yeah, we're probably not going to see too many more of those results for Jet. Cool to see Hunter make it. Obviously, he's got that first main event done in the books in the 450 Supercross. But, yeah, I think Jet will just be pretty happy to forget that one and move on like a lot of guys and just as we sort of rack off these riders obviously special shout out to Barsha obviously he was battling that illness very valiant brave achievement even being there obviously had to go through the LCQ which wasn't ideal especially when you're feeling horrible so he was so bad going to the race he was even in hospital so you know to turn up and do what he did get some points survive the weekend get out in one piece it's pretty impressive so do you sort of echo those thoughts on those guys too yeah I mean uh I I thought Jet would do better than he did. I, you know, you never know what's going on, but I, I thought he would not struggle like he did. Uh, uh, maybe maybe he had that thing super stiff or had the suspension. Maybe he missed his setting for riding the mud. I don't know. Shit. Uh, um, I figured the guy could really ride anything, but, you know, I think Levi said, he, I was riding around in first gear, dude. <laughs> you know, so how much does the suspension really matter? I don't know. I imagine, imagine, imagine it matters something, but it, it was it was a surprise to see to see that result. He is one of those guys. I think um, Chase ain't going nowhere, and Levi's not going nowhere. But I, I kind of started thinking last night about uh, after the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. Uh, one famous quote from Yamamoto is, "All we've done is wake a sleeping giant." And I think I think last night his own results woke a sleeping giant, and uh, it'd be real interesting come San Diego. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think we've ever seen that kid truly pissed off, and I bet he was. Yeah, yeah I've seen him a little hints of uh, when when uh, he does when things aren't going the way on the bike he wants, and uh, he he's he's going to be. I guarantee he's beating the shit out of himself right now, you know, and uh, and I, I think he's going to be a monster at San Diego. I'm going to kind of throw that out we really don't call the predictions for the next round but i think jet's just gonna come out and he's got something to prove and and to have that guy have a chip on his shoulder oh that's gonna be dangerous 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 so yeah, you know it may, it may have been a good thing you know like i said uh you got to learn how to lose to learn how to win right so 
yeah, expect him to come out swinging like a lot of other guys. And just to touch on the Rockstar Husky guys, Mookie and Christian Craig, obviously, yeah, disastrous starts to the race. They're having crashes, respectively. And yeah, just not really ideal for him. Obviously, all the hype was around Mookie coming in and he's just had those two unfortunate main events where things haven't gone his way and he's gone down and having to force through the pack. And then, yeah, that main event, he was two laps down, got the bike stuck in a hay bale he was saying after the race so yeah that wasn't ideal and did you hear any word on what happened with christian craig last week i didn't really hear too much going on there did you get some insight on that one no i i don't know what happened they kept that pretty close to the vest i don't know maybe uh maybe that onesie was uh giving him a wedgie and he had to get (laughs) off the track i don't know shit uh but uh i was glad he came back so that was good um uh but yeah it was a rough night over there for nate and the boys and uh they've got a good bike and a great team and a great manager and they'll dust it off and they'll come back. And we haven't seen the last of Moogie or Christian or, or RJ for sure. And they'll, you know, uh, they'll dust it off. It's just a shit night for them. Um, and gas, gas, dude, how about bam? Hmm. Dude guy was on his deathbed all weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a little salty at us for a while after SMX, uh, you know, didn't uh, probably want to talk to us very much, uh, even though I don't think it was really a big deal. But uh, Nate caught him last night and asked him, you know, we're going to put out a little uh, interview here with him this week. You'll see. But uh, Nate just went for it and said, hey, man, you want to talk? It's for Whiskey Throttle. And he goes, yeah, I got some shit to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was all fired up, you know, everyone's like, is he going to be out of gas? Well, Apparently after the race, he wasn't because he, he was super cool. You know, it wasn't like a jerk or nothing, but he's like, yeah, I got some shit to say. That dude operates on piss and vinegar, dude. He, 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 uh, he, he's, he's a little ball of fire when he wants to be, dude. So, uh, I bet he was dead to the world this morning, but, um, yeah, it, it was pretty impressive to know that he was that sick and still went out there and rode his ass off, you know? So you got to give respect for an effort like that. So good on Bam Bam and and his team and all those guys. So the, the gas gas guys, they had a pretty decent night, you know, Prado getting the win and doing good and Bam Bam just going out there and, and just being an old school badass. So that was pretty rad. Yeah, and you were mentioning some of the fittest guys in the sport. He's definitely up there, isn't he? He's an absolute cycling machine and the training. And like you said, he's getting towards that twilight of the career and he still loves it. He still wants to compete. He's just an animal. And it's hard to take it away from those guys. They just want to win. It's just built into them, isn't it? And it's hard for when those guys stop, how they navigate retirement. But yeah, enjoy them while they're here. And to wrap this one up, it's been a ripper chat. The time's flown by. What's happening with Whiskey Throttle this week? Any final thoughts? Obviously, you've got some cool content in the works and you'll be boots on the ground in San Diego next weekend for another fascinating Supercross round. Yeah, uh, we got some some filming we're doing this week. And, uh, I, you know, I'm stuck up here at this gold mine. I, I fly home Friday, so I'm, I'm going to miss press day, but I'll be there Saturday and we're just we're just going to go for the gold. And uh, we're going to have some cool content dropping this week. Uh, got a lot of clips of the riding out there, so um nate got some pretty cool cool shots uh that uh, we're gonna start dropping through the week to to kind of just keep showing everybody what had happened and uh um some stuff from the ngpc race that uh bruce did um unfortunately uh the official stuck bruce in the wrong starting line at that off-road race and uh instead of starting in the front row where he was supposed to he started in the second row and he was uh um apparently he's not kickstart kenny because he had some issues kickstarting the bark but bike but our boy still passed 30 people and finished fifth even though he got put in the wrong uh starting line um yeah so uh i think bruce has uh got a bone to 
bone to pick with himself. And uh, so he's going to be training and riding his butt off. I'm going to wrap my stuff up. Nate's got to dry out. It'll probably take a week to dry out all of his camera equipment and uh, his hair. He's got a little, little, little perm going on there. So it's going to take a while for all the water to drip out of that thing. And uh, Ping, he's uh, running around like a chicken with his head cut off doing everything. So we're, we're kind of wild and crazy this week. And uh, we'll see you guys at San Diego. Yeah, thanks for taking the time, mate. And obviously, thanks to all the listeners and the sponsors for supporting these podcasts and all the fans for listening again. But nah, thanks again, mate. All the best for the rest of the week. And we look forward to speaking next time. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys next week. No worries, mate. Have a good one.